saints. Welcome to Bethlehem. Took great joy in just looking out and seeing your faces and the delight on your faces as we watched our children sing. Welcome this morning to the house of the Lord. 
Welcome to this uh, Christmas service that's been prepared. As you can see, there's been a lot of preparation, a lot of practice that has taken place. And it's with joy that we come together today to uh, worship uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. We, of course, remember this time of year when He was born into the world But we remember first and foremost what He did for us in redeeming all of mankind. And we should gather together today in that spirit of rejoicing as we remember what the Lord Jesus has done for us. I'd like to call you to worship this morning by reading to you a scripture out of the book of 3 Nephi, the first chapter beginning at verse 10. Now it came to pass that when Nephi, the son of Nephi, saw this wickedness of his people, his heart was exceeding sorrowful. And it came to pass that he went out and bowed himself down upon the earth and cried mightily to his God in behalf of his people, yea, those who were about to be destroyed because of their faith in the tradition of their fathers. And it came to pass that he cried mightily unto the Lord all that day. And behold, the voice of the Lord came unto him, saying, Lift up your head, and be of good cheer. For behold, the time is at hand, and on this night shall the sign be given. And on the morrow come I into the world, to show unto the world that I will fulfill all that which I have caused to be spoken by the mouth of my holy prophets. Behold, I come unto my own to fulfill all things which I have made known unto the children of men from the foundation of the world, and to do the will both of the Father and of the Son of the Father because of me, and of the Son because of my flesh. And behold, the time is at hand, and this night shall the sign be given. And it came to pass that the words which came unto Nephi were fulfilled according as they had been spoken. For behold, at the going down of the sun, there was no darkness, and the people began to be astonished, because there was no darkness when the night came. And there were many who had not believed the words of the prophets, and they fell to the earth and became as if they were dead. For they knew the great plan of destruction which they had laid for those who believed in the words of the prophet had been frustrated, for the sign had been given, which was already at hand, and they must and they began to know that the Son of God must shortly appear. Yea, and find all the people upon the face of the whole earth, from the west to the east, both in the land north and in the land south, were so exceedingly astonished that they fell to the earth, for they knew that the prophets had testified of these things for many years. And the sign which had been given was already at hand. And they began to fear because of their iniquities and their unbelief. And it came to pass that there was no darkness in all that night, but it was as light as though it was midday. And it came to pass that the sun did rise in the morning again according to its proper order, and they knew that it was the day that the Lord should be born. 
because of the sign which had been given. Saints, shall we join together now by singing hymn number 156, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Almighty God, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we greet you on this beautiful morning. And Lord, our hearts are drawn out in great joy. And Lord, as we have gathered together this day, 
we would ask that you would accept this offering which we will place before you. Lord, as these uh, voices and hands have prepared for this day to lift their voices and to play their anthems to you, we ask, Lord, that uh, those same angels which uh, came to the abiding shepherds in the fields would be here now with us to bring great tidings of good joy. And Lord, I pray for the hearts of each one here that we might continue to welcome You into our hearts and to fashion our lives like You and Your Son. Lord, I pray that You would forgive us of our sins, that we might be forgiven, that we might be free to worship Thee in spirit and in truth this day, that we would be allowed to lay everything down at Your feet. May You heal our hearts, Lord. May You mend them and make them whole once again. Lord, we thank You so much for Your Son, for this great gift of salvation. For Lord, for this gift of salvation to come forth to all men, He must be born in the flesh. And that is what we celebrate now, is that birth. And Lord, we are so grateful for Your condescension unto Your children under your creation. And so, Lord, won't you please accept this offering. Please bless the voices and the accompanists. And Lord, please bless us. And thank you so much for the birth of your Son. Thank you for that great gift. And Lord, may all the honor and the glory be thine forever and ever this day and forever is my prayer. And I would ask this now in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. When they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them until it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. When they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Saints, we too have an opportunity to open our treasury and to share our gifts. What the Lord has blessed us with, that we might return unto Him just a portion of what He has given unto us. These wise men, truly they were wise I don't know that the baby Jesus needed gold and frankincense and myrrh, but they're the most valuable possessions that these wise men held. We too can learn from that sacrifice. What do we offer to Him? Would you bow with me? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, as we uh, at this moment in time 
return unto you just a portion of what you've given to us. We want to say thank you. We appreciate so much the blessings that you have laid before us, the riches that we have in this nation. Thank you, Father, for blessing us, not only with uh, the physical things that we need, but also the gifts and the time that we have to share with you and to return unto you in service and in sacrifice. Help us, Father, to give out of a loving heart with a desire that your work might be continued. Help us, Lord, to endure. Help us that we might be able to witness and even participate in the building up of your kingdom here in these last days. So bless us, Father, to this end. Bless your people. And continue with us now, we pray and ask, in the sacred name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Susan, that was beautiful. Thank you. I know what you're thinking. You want to hear the choir. Bear with me just one more moment. You're not going to hear from Joe 
you're going to hear the testimony of Patriarch Elbert A. Smith. You've heard me share part of this before. It's probably my favorite Christmas story that he has recorded. You can find this first part in his book, Blue Pencil Notes. It says, One Sunday morning, I sat in the church at Enoch Hill in Independence just before I was to preach on the subject of the Word became flesh. I sat with the open Bible held on the palm of my left hand, and the saints sang, Silent Night, Holy Night. And the musical tones seemed to strike that open book in my hand like a sounding board and set up a vibration that I could distinctly feel. It was as though the Word was alive and it was stirring in my hand. When the babe of Bethlehem stirred in his mother's arms, a thrill went through the ages. The Word was coming alive. It had come to dwell among us, full of grace and truth. All that is written into the law in cold and hard letters of any alphabet, Christ put into his life in flesh and blood. He made the law alive in such a way that it was warming to our hearts. The disciples on the road to Emmaus said, Did our hearts not burn within us while he talked with us by the way? and while he opened to us the Scriptures, and in such a way that it is enlightening to our minds. That was the great work of our Master, to interpret the Word, the Gospel, in flesh and blood, so that it would appeal to the heart and to be understood by the mind of men. I have pictured to myself Jesus in meditation. I have imagined him following that occasion when in the councils of heaven he volunteered to come to the earth and undertake the salvation of man. And I have fancied him thinking to himself, Now I have undertaken this mission, how shall I go about the task of reaching men? Shall I call angels and send them forth with trumpets? to sound the message through the heavens, so that every living creature shall hear the law of life and salvation? If I do that, some man will look up and say, Your law is all right for the angels, but I am no angel. I am dragged in the mire. I may be part angel, but I am part beast, and cannot even attempt to live by your law. Shall I summon ten legions of angels and send them forth to write billions of tracts and scatter them broadcast over the land like snowflakes in January? If I do, some man may look up and say, What is a printed page to me when God remains in heaven and I chained to the earth? Shall I summon the archangels and gather together 
the lightnings of heaven, and blaze the gospel upon the sky in letters of fire, so that all men may say and see? Men are children, and if I do that, they will be afraid. I do not want their fear. I want their love. Then Brother Elbert says, I imagine that the corrugated brow is smoothened. And Jesus says, Father, I know how to reach men. I will go to them myself. And I will live the law of life and salvation. So it came about that the Word became flesh and dwelt among men. That was the only way to reach men. That is the secret of the success of some of the men who have represented this church in the past, who have not been men exceedingly brilliant, but they have gone among the people and have shared with them in their privations. You'd be surprised sometimes to follow the trail of some man who in independence is not considered so very forceful, but go out into the rural districts where he has ministered to the needs of the people, and you will find that they consider him wonderful man. And the secret is that in that field, in the person of that minister, the Word was made flesh and dwelt among men.
will be reading from First uh, Nephi chapter three, fifty-two through sixty-two, a portion of Nephi's vision of Mary. And it came to pass that I looked and beheld the great city Jerusalem, and also other cities. And I beheld the city of Nazareth, and in the city of Nazareth I beheld a virgin, and she was exceedingly fair and white. And it came to pass that I saw the heavens open. And an angel came down and stood before me. And he said unto me, Nephi, what beholdest thou? And I said unto him, A virgin, most beautiful and fair, above all other virgins. And he said unto me, Knowest thou the condescension of God? And I said unto him, I know that he loveth his children. Nevertheless, I do not, I do not know the uh, meaning of all things. And he said unto me, Behold, the virgin whom thou seest is the mother of the Son of God after the manner of the flesh. And it came to pass that I beheld that she was carried away in the spirit. And after she had been carried away in the spirit for the space of a time, and the angel spake unto me, saying, Look. And I looked, and I beheld the virgin again, bearing a child in her arms. And the angel said unto me, Behold, the Lamb of God, yea, even the Son of the Eternal Father. Yeah. 
Listen to the words of the Apostle Arthur Oakman. He says, At Christmas time, it's difficult for me to sing carols. In the imagination of my mind, I go to Bethlehem and I try to envisage, envisage the baby Jesus and wonder what glory would shine through the flesh or if I would be so completely veiled that it wouldn't pass that I would pass without noticing. God became man in Jesus Christ in order that men might become the sons of God. People who say that it doesn't matter whether Christ was born of a virgin by the Holy Ghost just don't know how much it does matter. It is Christian doctrine to say that he was born of the Holy Ghost and the Virgin Mary. And this is why. Sin has so far corrupted the physical stock that the sentence of death is written into our nerve cells and into our physical organism. It's impossible for anyone to produce a sinless person or a person that is not subject to death. If death is to be defeated... Someone who has immortality and eternal life dwelling in him has to take upon him our sinful and selfish humanity. Thus, he would bestow upon it from beyond the gulf that separates creature from creator the gift of immortal and eternal life. I believe 
in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe that He made the universe to tell of Himself. He made matter to tell of His intricacies. He made space to tell of His greatness. Even the intense fertility of the insect somehow tells of His creative power. But He made man in His own image and sacrificed Himself for man. Thus, God fulfills His own nature. For sacrifice is the discovery of oneself in the act of imparting oneself. Love is the discovery of self in the act of self-surrender. So, our Heavenly Father came and dwelt in the tabernacle of clay. The identity was total and not partial. It was complete. The Word did not appear in flesh. It was theophany. It wasn't a drama which was worked simply for our benefit. The nature of the incarnation of our Lord was of such character that it required His complete and total identification with us. He became man. It is a mystery, but not an irrational mystery. It's not a riddle, for you can answer riddles by intellectual means, but you cannot disclose the depth and power of this incarnation by intellectual means. The identity was complete. The body which he received from his mother was like ours, with red blood in it. He grew tired. He grew hungry. He grew weary. He kept the laws of health and did a prodigious amount of work. I believe, too, that he felt all the limitations and the downward drag and pull that sin exerts. All of us inherit this sin, and we make our own particular and peculiar contribution to it as we go through life. How often must his heart have ached for mankind? He learned line upon line and precept upon precept, so that at every stage of his development from child from childhood to manhood, our Lord Jesus Christ represented God as fully as God could be represented in a human being at that stage of his development. As he grew in stature and in wisdom and in favor with God and man, how he must have longed for that communion with his Father, which he had before the world was.
From Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, an angel of the Lord appeared unto them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. But the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this is the way you shall find the babe. <clears throat> he is wrapped in swaddling clothes and is lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill to men. And it came to pass... When the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go, even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph, and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. All they who heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things which they had heard and seen as they were manifested unto them.
Would you please rise for the benediction? Heavenly Father, we have gathered here this morning in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. We've heard praises of joy and as the choir sang, praising your holy name for that precious gift which comes from the bosom of eternity, your Son, even Jesus Christ. And Father, we've even heard the angels sing with our choir. And the blessings that come from above. Father, we look forward to this season remembering the reason your Son, even that Spirit which brings us all together here as the saints of Christ. And may we carry that Spirit and may we carry that joy and most of all that mantle of charity, that gift of giving in our hearts and our minds and may we be able to help move thy kingdom forward here upon the earth that the kingdom of heaven may come that as we rejoiced here this morning we can rejoice in the gifts and blessings that come from the presence of our Lord in this gift of the Holy Ghost and so Lord each and every heart here has felt thy presence Father and uh, made aware of thy goodness and so, Father, we close at this time thanking you and giving thee the honor and the glory in thy most holy and precious name, even Jesus Christ. Amen.